Welcome back for another episode of Women of Influence, Columbus Business First interview podcast featuring conversations with some of the most powerful women in the region's business community. We're back for another bi-weekly mini-episode in which we'll hear a bit from Debbie Penzone about her experience working closely with her husband, taking over his business, and then rebranding it. But first, given Penzone's line of work in a conversation in our newsroom this week, I wanted to shake up my typical commentary section by bringing in reporter Haley Colombo to have a little mini-debate on feminism and hair care. Thanks for joining me, Haley. (laughs) You are so welcome. I'm so excited. Okay, Haley. So I want to set the stage in terms of why we're talking about hair care. Other than that, we have the owner of a chain of salons on the podcast. What did you tell us all about hair care decisions earlier <laughs> this week? So I came in on Tuesday and obviously my hair was cut somewhat substantially. And I said I got a haircut and our editor, Mark, was like, oh, where'd you get your haircut? Very, very innocent question, right? Indeed. But the overwhelming sense of dread and shame I felt when answering that question was crazy because the answer was great clips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it is a very, I don't, it's a, it's a big thing for a woman to say that she got her haircut at great clips, I think. I think so, I, I was embarrassed by it for sure. Well, so let's, so to be clear, we're not so much debating as just prosecuting our preconceptions because yes. you then went on to preemptively defend yourself yes, for I getting did. your haircut at great clips. Yes, I did. And so uh, explain that defense a little bit. What, or why, what is it that you're responding to in defending yourself? <laughs> I feel like there is, I feel like every, every woman I know or most of the women I know like have a person mm-hmm. that they get their haircut from mm-hmm. and it's like a good experience that they enjoy and it's like something that, I don't know, that they like invest a lot of money into and take pride in and I feel like I've never, I've never wanted to do that and mm-hmm. I've always felt weird about the fact that I couldn't just go get like a budget haircut so and not feel weird about it and I feel like I feel like I've been judged in the past by like go okay and the thing is I don't always get my haircut at great clips but like when I need a trim I'll go to great clips and I feel like it's very judged that's like the anti most interesting man in the world like I yeah. don't always go to great clips um okay so my response to you saying this <laughs> Which is where people have not turned off this podcast yet. We'll be like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I felt the opposite as a person who, although it's interesting that you focus so much on the the relationship with the hair cutter person, which is not in, in that answer, which is not initially what I felt defensive about. What I felt defensive about is the amount of money that I typically spend on my haircuts yes. as compared to the amount that you would spend yes. at Great Clips. And I felt as though you were suggesting that I am the fool for investing that money in my hair <laughs> no. in your preemptive defense of thinking that I would think that yes. you were the fool yes. for going to great clubs. Yes. <laughs> right. And I don't, I, it's to me, this whole issue is like, I have like pink tax thoughts about it. I think. Yes. It, Cause I think that's the real, the, the, the issue at the heart of this is that, Men, for the most part, do not spend as much money on their hair, like full stop. Even right. people who go to like salons and stuff are not spending. <laughs> Reporter Dan Eaton is uh, <laughs> making some faces, and I don't know what they mean. <laughs> I agree. Uh, 
agrees. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, men, even if they go to, like, a nice salon, their cost is just going to be lower because, like, right. the hair is yes. shorter. They probably are not getting color done, which is, right. has greatly increased the amount that I spend on my hair. Right. And then I do highlights more regularly. And so I get all of that pink text stuff and that question. Although I do think I understand to some degree why it costs more when it's more labor intensive for right. the woman cutting my hair or the man cutting my hair. I under I understand why it is more expensive and to some degree I decide that like it's worth the investment in me and like it makes me happy yes, love. to do it. To yeah. have my hair look nice. I feel very self conscious when my hair does not look nice. Yes. And as a curly-headed person... Now, you're also curly-headed, but maybe you're just more chill. Uh, or maybe <laughs> your hair just, like, flows more naturally. Your hair looks great, to be clear. Because <laughs> that was my initial response was... Because you seemed uncertain about your haircut. And so my initial response oh, yeah. was, well... You get what you pay for. Kind. Yeah, But definitely. that's not what you're espousing in terms of your uncertainty about the haircut. I th- oh, I ascent- my uncertainty about the haircut was that I was like, yeah, cut it, cut it off. Yeah. And then immediately was like, wait, did I want to do that? But no, I think the person who cut my hair at Great Clubs did like a very like good job. I was not like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's fine. I guess I think... I, I feel like there's just a, a part of me that feels like so judged by or embarrassed by this idea that like a grown as a grown woman, I'm getting my hair cut at Great Clips. And I kind of wonder like if any like am I the am I truly like a rare only- am I truly like the only person that's doing this or is it like a very common thing? And do people like do women who spend a lot on their haircuts, like, do they all want to be doing it? Because I'm very pro, like, do what makes you happy. Like, spend money on things that, like, genuinely make you happy. Like, I do, not right now, because I'm trying to save money for my wedding, but, like, I do get, like, regular, typically get, like, regular manicures and stuff. Oh, yeah. Some people don't. I would judge you for that. Yeah. So, like, so I'm very pro, like, do what makes you happy. I guess I'm just kind of, like... I feel somewhat like pressured to spend more on my hair when I don't care about it. Yeah. That's interesting. I will say I've, uh, I certainly feel like I'm more in your camp on the, I'm more the way you treat your hair on the nails because I will occasionally get a manicure, but I definitely try to do like the cheapest. And then I'm like, why did I do this? I just like threw my money away. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I totally understand that. But I do think to kind of connect this to broader themes that I think the key question here is judgment. And I have occasionally gone to, not to a great clips, but there's a, a chain called Scouts, which is, I don't think they're based in Nashville, but they had several locations in Nashville. And it's ostensibly a unisex mm-hmm. barbershop. Mm-hmm. And so it is supposed to be a little bit higher price point for men and a little bit lower price point for women. Okay. Uh, and it has some of the features that you would get at a nicer salon where they give you like a local coffee or a local beer mm. or whatever while you're there. And so it would cost me like... 40 bucks to get my hair cut there. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I'm just, I just booked a haircut, that's probably going to be, and I'm only doing the cut, not the color, and that's probably going to be 68. Mm-hmm. So like cheaper. Um, but I was often one of the few women in there. Not yes. that many women took advantage right. of the thing. Okay. But so I want to connect this more broadly to the question of judgment. And when I was asking some of my friends for their feedback on this hair care debate, 
what they brought up is how it compares to like working women versus stay at home women and how mm. every every decision that a woman makes is so fraught yes. and judged. You know, and, and why is that, Haley? <laughs> I think it's because of the patriarchy. I, all right. <laughs> I think we solved it. <laughs> I don't know if we really... I do, like, so what responsibility do we have to, like... Like, is is the key to be, like, more, like... Um, to be more confident, confident. Yeah, about yeah. our decisions Shout and just your assert haircut. them? Like, I got my hair cut at Grey Clips. Yes. I think it looks good. I or agree. is it... I don't know. I do think that... Yes, I did go into it, like, with this extreme fear of saying that, but really, like, no... I don't think anyone was judging me. No. That's the thing. No. So... That's, it's all internalized. It is all the internalized patriarchy. Oh, totally. Yes, I think maybe the answer... Because, I mean, I think to some degree, women are like, if you like something that someone's wearing and you compliment them and they got it for a steal, yes. they'll be like... Target, yes, $12. Yes, yes. So if somebody says they like your hair, maybe in order to change the culture, you just need to be like, great clips, $8. It was $14. Um, yes. But I do think that then if I want, if I'm going to like, clothes are a little different because I will probably not wear like a Target outfit to like a very important meeting. Or maybe I'm I good. might. Yeah. I totally might. This could be our next conversation. <laughs> But no, I think it's more acceptable. We've in, we have like internalized that it's acceptable to wear like budget cute clothes, but we haven't necessarily done the, that the same way with our like personal grooming, I guess. Mm-hmm. So is this the next um is this the next I don't know. Well, I mean, they, they, probably the, not. The pink tax <laughs> conversation. We should probably wrap this up. But the pink tax conversation is kind of related to that. And like, so that's, you know, how a woman's razor costs so much yes. more than a men's razor, even uh-huh. though they are performing the same function or like women's deodorant. Right. And the solution there is like, when I run out of deodorant, I'm just using my husband's deodorant, which is better anyway and cheaper. I have so. been exclusively using Nathan's deodorant for like <laughs> years and he hates it. He hates it. He thinks it is like the laziest thing. I don't care anymore. Um, <laughs> Should I not have said that? I don't know. I felt like I was going to bring it up, so I'm glad you doubled down. <laughs> I'm just like revealing embarrassing effects about myself. Um. Anyways, so the the... The pink text thing, though, feels a little bit different in that there's, like, it's the same product. And and I guess with grooming, with with the act of grooming, I suppose, the stuff you use to groom yourself, I, to what degree is it quality and to what degree is it effort that mm-hmm. is causing the difference in I price think points? One, and I'm sure some salons, like, I feel like some salons may, like, reach out to be like, oh, we've already done this. But I do think one thing that could help this is... I very much resist the idea of like women's cut versus men's cut costing more. Mm-hmm. I think you should view it as short haircut, yes. medium haircut, long haircut, and like do the price points as that. That is, I do wonder men who have long hair yes. who go to a nice salon, do they pay the same amount that I pay or not? No, they pay a men's rate. Yeah, that's crazy. Where Or women who have short hair yeah. are certainly paying the same amount. The girl who did our hair for my wedding did charge my mom less than everybody else, but that's mostly because she just kind of blew her hair out. Like, she didn't do, like, because my mom has yeah. short hair. But I, also, she charged her, like, $25. It would have been, like, 50 but she was just like, oh, I, like, barely did anything, so it's only $25. But my mom would have given her $50. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, right. it's just like, well, of course, this woman did this thing. Right. So, 
Anyways, hmm, all food for thought. <laughs> I like how confident Haley is that like salon owners and like, well, we are going to have a salon owner on the podcast shortly, I know. so she might I w- reach out. Um, I know. I wonder what her thoughts are on this. We're about to, to hear Debbie Penzone talk a little bit about rebranding her business, but in next week's episode, you'll hear more from her on kind of conceptions about the beauty industry and the way that it is an industry and um, how she's approached that. And And we didn't totally go into this conversation, but I do think it's something that's all kind of related. So maybe we'll, we'll do some follow up that in the future. And, oh. and any men with long hair, I would, yeah. that's who I really want to weigh in on yes. this conversation. Men with long hair so, weigh in. Indeed. All right. Well, thanks Haley. It's been a, it's been a joy. <laughs> it truly has been. Thanks for having me. What has been the the best part and the worst part of working so closely with your husband? Ah, <laughs> well, I think we're one of the few couples that just truly love being together in our careers. Mm-hmm. We really do. I was married before, and I just think you know, sometimes they just didn't understand or respect what I did. Uh, you know, you go in and you just have fun behind the chair, and you're playing beauty shop. Mm-hmm. It is so much more than that. Mm-hmm. You know, and he truly understands uh, what I was doing behind the chair because he did it. You know, uh-huh. he stood behind the chair. He knows, you know, what a responsibility it is because, you know, I mean, that's that self-confidence. Um, you know, everybody has different personalities and different hair, and it, it's not as easy as people think it is, you know? <laughs> Seriously, it is. And, and we, we take it seriously because mm-hmm. you are truly... Um, you know, impacting that per- person's life. Mm-hmm. So we don't take that lightly. And I think just that respect of my talent, and we have that with each other, is is very powerful in a relationship. And then understanding, you know, the, the gift that we have, you know, in the company to give back in our community. Mm-hmm. You know, we really want to make an impact here. Mm-hmm. And, and we see it the past 50 years, but we see the 50 years forward. Uh-huh. You know, the best part is really getting to share that with somebody, you know, and um, the new concept that we launched uh, last year with Penzone Salon and Spa. He was right there because he said, you know, I want you to feel this and, and believe it and know that you're doing, you know, this Debbie on your own. Mm-hmm. But yet I want to be there to experience it with you. Mm-hmm. So it was really powerful for him to believe in me that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, he gave me his baby of 50 years and said, here. You can even take my name off of it. <laughs> and that was pretty powerful for uh-huh. him to step back as a founder uh-huh. and say, we want this company to grow the next 50 years. And he wanted to empower me to be innovative mm-hmm. and, and really change the brand uh, for that future generation. So that's been so inspiring and powerful for us as a couple, mm-hmm. you know, because I feel like he's there 100% with no judgment and, you know, letting me just do it. And then after the fact, sharing it with him and him being, oh my gosh, you know, uh, we never won NAHA, which was a pretty powerful award that we got last year yeah, yeah. for the 2019 salon design concept of North America. Mm-hmm. And we had never gotten that in the 50 years of our company. So that was a pretty powerful moment uh-huh. that he, you know, really, you know, let me shine in and support me 100% in. And I felt so honored because I really felt like he was able to let us, our team, do it together. Great. So that was all the good stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, have there been any challenges? <laughs> and I think the challenge is, you know, it is just recently. You know, I think back to, you know, I've been a president in this role for 10 years now. Mm-hmm. And I think back to the, the very first couple years, it was not easy. And, and we are the yin and the yang, I think. Most people will tell you that, of how 
our leadership styles are, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, the first couple years, it wasn't easy. I kept saying, ah, this is the way I want to do it. Uh-huh. You know, some of these policies, some of these procedures that we have in our corporate, corporate culture right now, I want to change. Mm-hmm. And I could see the future in that. And, and he was very honest and blunt saying, you know, I don't know if that'll work, Debbie, because this is the way I've always run things. Mm-hmm. So he had to really trust and believe in me and step back. And yes, we definitely butt head on a lot of things. But I think he gave me the platform to prove it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so we had a couple of different things where I was like, no, I want to prove this out, that this way of leading and empowering others will not only make the company successful, but really our team will get a whole new inspiration on what they're doing because we're changing that culture of how we're inspiring them and training them to to really do not just their career, but really take all these great teachings and and inspire it in their life. Can you talk a little bit more about something you changed about the training process or the culture or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of it right now is, you know, some of some of our programs, I mean, thinking way back, um, one was our retail program, you know, and it was just the way it was set up to, um, you'd reach different goals and you would get different percentage of, of um, you know, income on that. But it was all uh, set up that, you, you know, there was these levels, these plateaus that you had to reach right at the beginning. Oh, okay. You know, mm-hmm. where I was looking out for, everyone, because I'm kind (laughs) of like that. And I would say, you know, what about somebody that, you know, maybe their percentage is 2%, you know, and Uh it's like, you you can't even look at 20%. That's so far away. Yeah, yeah. And then really taking out the whole, uh, the whole thing that was driven into them, I think, in the beginning, because I was one of them, Mm -hmm. you know, I was behind the chair at that time, was selling, Uh you know, and I really believe I never wanted anybody to sell a product. Mm-hmm. I want you to share your knowledge. Mm-hmm. And when you mm-hmm. share your knowledge and help that customer, oftentimes they'll buy a good product because mm-hmm. you showed them how to use it and it really does make a difference in their hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And really trying to, to take it down to, to the why behind it. You know, it was always these policies and you had to do this, but yet it wasn't a why. And, and showing our team like, hey, okay, style somebody's hair without any products. <laughs> what do you get at the end? Oh my God, it's really hard. Uh-huh. Or, or what is that customer coming to us for? They want their hair shinier or fuller, or they want to help tame those curls. Um, and how these amazing products can really make a big difference if you use them the right way. And then really trying to inspire everybody every step of the way to really see that success. And we wanted to train them to work smarter, not harder. 